Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Austin from Amusement Insider, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Evan Ponstingle, the author of King's Island, A Ride Through Time. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Tucker, host of the podcast 91 Reasons and the creator of the YouTube channel Tucker Time. And you're listening to something that's better than both of those, the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, going good. Happy Friday. I know, I, I keep saying this, I can't believe we're already on Friday again. Yeah. Uh, time is flying, I just can't get over that. Shoot, Halloween's around the corner. Ooh, yay, we get to decorate for Halloween. Yeah, well, I've already started. I've already been getting started. Uh, it always starts in September. My family and I, we have a huge tradition when Halloween comes. You've seen it last year. Yep. You've seen it the last couple of years. You've been watching me. My family and I, we out-decorate our business, and we go all out for Halloween, but this year we've got even more decorations we're putting up this year a lot of a lot of lights this year we're gonna be putting on quite a show this year i am still waiting for the giant spider on top of the on top of the building one of the buildings someday <laughs> someday i found a 500 foot black widow spider blow up that i could put on the middle building of our facility i don't think my boss would <laughs> put out the money i mean that it. would be kind of funny to I go know. to go with the giant skeleton of course I'm hoping that uh, I got that that 12 foot I got a 12 foot skeleton and I got it at Home Depot and I'm hoping that they have it back this year because I would like to get one more one more skeleton so that way I can oh make gosh. it kind of like an entryway thing with the skeletons I think that would be really cool I want to get some more big spiders too because I have this great arachnid's nest that I do every year with all the oh I want to get more of the moving cocoons the oh human yeah cocoons yeah, those yeah, yeah. spiders I want to get more of those I got two of them total but I try to buy one every year but I think I'm gonna buy a couple more. I really want to make that a, a. I want to make people's hair rise up when they Ugh. buy it. You know, I always enjoy that stuff. So, but anyway, guys, we got a very special episode here today. Uh, we got Megan. Uh, Megan is on the podcast today with uh, Andrew. It was a. Uh, this is a very special episode. She's got a very incredible story. Yes, she does. About facing fears, and it's just. Uh, I think this is probably gonna be one of those heartfelt, heartfelt moments episodes yeah and i think for some it will hit kind of close to home again yeah definitely with me i will tell you that Uh, i will say it hits very close to home this is a very good episode guys i hope you guys look forward to it but first we are going to do our lovely segment jenna we're going to do our youtube highlight clip clip of the the week. week youtube clip of the week All right, so this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week. Now, I have seen some crazy things happen over at Disneyland. And Jenna and I, for years, we've 
we've gone to Disneyland. We're, we're both Disney fanatics. A lot of our friends are. We were all annual pass holders at Disneyland. And at I different was, points in and, life. Yeah. And now I've seen some crazy things that happen at Disneyland. People do some of the craziest things. But this one I saw here, I never thought I would ever see. And the fact it was on, that somebody actually filmed it and put it on YouTube was amazing. We all know that people lose their phones on a roller coaster. It's happened many times. People have even gotten hurt from the cell phones falling off a coaster. Right. Now, this guy happened to lose his cell phone on Thunder Mountain at Disneyland. But apparently... He did not want to wait till the ride was over. This guy managed to get loose from the lap, lap the bar restraint and literally got off the ride while it was in motion. And then when the, guy, when the train was riding, you see him walking down the steps. Back to where his cell phone is. Yeah, and with his cell phone in his hand. And they literally had to stop the ride. Because there was somebody who was in the area of the coaster that should not be in the area when a coaster is in motion. Right. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, I've never worked for the parks. I would love to work for the theme park someday, even if it's part time. But I will tell you right now, just from, I have many friends that have worked in the theme parks and still some work in the theme parks. I will tell you right now, if there is a roller coaster that's in motion, nobody is allowed to even be walking the emergency steps while a coaster's in motion. Someone can get killed. And that what that guy did was totally ridiculous. If not killed, at least really badly hurt. He could have gotten <clears throat> badly hurt. I have I have seen crazy situations. There was a time where I got stuck on the Cars ride over oh, at California right. Adventure. And we were, thank goodness, we were indoors inside the building, inside part of the ride. Because that day, it was like 105 degrees outside. It was really hot. So thank God we got stuck inside in the air-conditioned building but then when we finally got off the ride we finally found out what happened when we got off the ride and we were going down the exit there was two security guards two paramedics and some disney cast member officials were carrying like the guy the guy was walking but they were holding him but he was bandaged from his shoulder all the way down he had like a splint put on his arm apparently the guy had his arm out past the vehicle and he must have hit it and broke his arm completely on the ride. Again, we've we've talked about this in other episodes. When they tell you to keep your hands and, and arms, arms inside, inside the, the vehicle, vehicle at all times, they, there's a reason. There's a reason why you look at and you go and sit and die the train. They have these little stickers. It's to the point where they have to show pictures. I guess writing doesn't mean anything anymore you have to show pictures but there is a reason why they say keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times and, and not just in english in spanish and I, I you know what i wouldn't be shocked if they started doing it in all languages i'm pretty sure they they are in some parks i mean and it's just uh, it's just it's just ridiculous what what people do and it's all over. I mean, every park has had many situations. But I would say Disneyland gets the craziest ones of all. Of course. My question is, how did he get out of the restraints? Good question. Because I know, I, I mean, I've been on that ride, I don't know how many I've been on it hundreds times. of times. Hundreds of times. And it's like, as soon as those restraints come down, you can't just push up on them. I know it's like he, he like literally like squeezed himself like a like a tube of toothpaste to get out from under like, there. Was was he he was he in 
folding himself in half to get himself out. I don't know. He's not. A, he's not a big guy. He's not a big guy in in the video, and it's like he probably like really sucked his gut in really good and got himself through the the lap bar restraint. But it just amazes me how some of these people just they're. I mean, adults, uh, not just kids, but just adults, how they're able to get out of these restraints and be like, okay, I'm just saying jump off all this thing's moving. Yeah, but he ended up shutting down the ride because of that. And then most likely they had to investigate how that guy got out of the restraints. I would hope so. I mean, Disney's very... They're very strict on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they've had incidents on Space Mountain. They've had incidents on Pirates. They've had incidents on uh, Haunted Mansion. I mean, literally Mark Twain. almost... Yeah, Mark Twain. The boat. Yeah, the Mark Twain boat. I mean, that's why they pulled out, I believe, the... I don't know if you remember this from a kid, but they used to have the water boats right next to Autotopia. Yeah. I mean, they pulled those boats out and there's nothing there anymore. Except for like a little tiny like pond type thing. But I mean, it just amazes me how people do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I will tell you guys, look, as a coaster enthusiast and many enthusiasts out there know, first of all, you never take your phone out. Of course, one thing about Disney... Disney allows people to pull out their phones and film. They do. They just don't allow selfie sticks. You're not allowed to take a selfie stick in the park. People can film. But my thing is, if you're going to pull out a $1,500 phone, I think uh, you want to make sure you have that well secure. I, 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 don't, I, I don't hold my phone. My phone's in my cargo pocket. I have a zipper pockets. That's what a, a, a real coaster enthusiast wears cargo shorts. They have zipper pockets. I keep my phone in there. I'm there to enjoy the ride. But like I said, this guy, you need to keep your electronic devices in your pockets, in a storage bin. Enjoy the ride. Don't worry about filming it. Right. You know, I I go, there's plenty, there's millions of people that have this footage footage you can watch. And it's it's not worth breaking or losing your $1,500 phone. Let alone your life. I mean, hurting yourself or whatever. People have died doing that. It's a serious thing, and I'm just amazed how people are careless. Yeah, just careless. It's really sad. It it just dumbfounds me every time when I think what people can do. It it just makes it kind of the common sense for for people like kind of goes out the window, and it's like okay, common sense says you stay in the ride, forget the phone, wait until the ride you get to the end of the ride. And let a cast member know, like, hey, when I was going up the the climb, I lost my phone. I I mean, one, how did he lose his phone on the climb? I mean, that's just a slow descent up. It's not even he lost it on a curve or anything. Yeah. But it's like, let the cast members know. So that way they can shut down the ride, go back to where it was, and get it safely, and then bring it back to you. I mean... It's just common sense, like you said, but people don't think that it's really sad. But like I said, folks, the lesson in this highlight wheel is keep your phone in your pocket. And if you do, if if you're dumb enough to take your phone out, make sure you hang on to it. If you lose it, don't jump out of a train while it's in motion. I'd like to see you do that on an actual roller coaster. Let's go over to Goliath over at Magic Mountain where it's just pure track and there's no sides. I mean, there's people that have dropped, lost their phones on Green Lantern. The, the Intamin Spinner. I mean, X2. People lose stuff all the time on that at Magic Hats, Mountain. Glasses. Oh, oh, and I took a tour of Twisted Colossus. 
the park gave me a special tour. Just underneath the structure, you see millions of hats, glasses, scarves. You name sandals. Sand- yeah, <laughs> sandals too. It's like, dang. And they don't clean it up. They leave it there to show people an example. That's how much loose articles fall off a coaster. It's very dangerous. That's why they have to fence off a lot of the areas, but still. But like I said, folks, keep your electronic devices inside your pockets. Don't go filming with your phone. It's just, is it really worth to lose that $1,500 phone? I don't think so. And is it worth losing your life? No, it's not. It's not even worth it. And again... Please follow what they say. Please stay in the vehicles. Exactly. So that way you're not getting hurt. Yeah. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Parks are there to have fun. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. You know, we've, we've, there, there are incidents, but it's like we got to remind people we got to stay safe and have fun and enjoy life because there's more important things than losing your phone, in yeah. my opinion. Phones so. can be replaced. Yeah. Sunglasses can be replaced. Yeah, exactly. Your life cannot. So anyway, guys, good lesson rule here. So make sure to keep your phones in your pocket. And this will be our YouTube highlight clip, clip of, the, of week. the week. YouTube clip of the week. All right, so Andrew's standing by with our special guest today. We got Megan on the show. Uh, this is a really, really good episode. Can't wait for all of you guys to hear it. So take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and Jenna. Today, we have a special interview for you. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast. And today I have with me to chat for a little bit, May. Welcome to the podcast, May. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Absolutely. So just for our listenership, a little bit behind the scenes. So May, you are um, the other half of of uh, a guest we recently had on the podcast, Ian Kaufman from Theme Park Stop. And Ian had so much fun. He enjoyed the show so much. We didn't torture him like he was expecting. So uh, he he thought that uh, you amongst other people, I know, I'm just kidding. He (laughs) thought that you amongst other people that we're planning on having pretty soon that he recommended to us. So some coming attractions there, but he thought that you'd be one good person for us to talk to. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. You and I have talked via text message on Facebook and whatnot, but it'd be nice to chat in person here about some fun stuff. So so with that in mind, May, uh, why don't you tell our audience about yourself? I am, I currently live in Florida, just moved from Connecticut. Ian's about to make the big move as well, just because yes. being way too far from Disney. I have been going to Disney since I was about 10 years old. My first year, uh, we went and stayed at Fort Wilderness. I always remember my parents always saying they were never, ever, ever going to get a timeshare. Never. <laughs> and we were at the uh, lodge just having breakfast or sorry, lunch with my siblings. There's four of us, but I'm the baby of the family by like 10 years. And so they were in their twenties. I was still 10. I had no idea what's going on. I was just on for the ride. All of a sudden this woman drives up and she is in the old Disney vacation club car that I I don't even, it was some like old antique. It's yellow and blue. All of a sudden she comes up. She says our family password, nothing else. And all of a sudden our stomachs drop of, cause that's the password of, Hey, your parents sent me to come and get you. I'm a safe oh. person, that sort of thing. Uh, and it I was our, one of our old dead pets' names. And so, but she says nothing else. She just goes, our pets' name. We start panicking of, oh my God, are they in the hospital? Did something happen? And she really doesn't tell us much, but we still get in the car with her. This is back in 97, 98. Hmm. So not probably the smartest thing to do, especially for four <laughs> kids of a Raven homicide detective. But, um, we wow. get in the car <laughs> and they drive us over to uh, Old Key West, which I think it just changed uh, branding to Old Key West at the time. Sure enough, my parents had gone and done an interview and they bought on the spot. They absolutely loved it. And so that was kind of
kind of our like introduction to Disney World. And so we wow. ended up going at least once a year until I was, my mother had a aneurysm back in 2010. And so pretty oh. much just a few months earlier was our very last time going. Actually, no, we did go last time in 2015 was our last time going as a family. And so that oh, was wow. over 20 years of us all going big family, all my siblings, uh, other halves and my other half at the time. Now it's more of just me on my lonesome. My fa other siblings aren't super interested anymore. And Ian and I had been friends since uh, I was 18. Oh, so wow. A long, long time ago. I had moved away for a period of time. We rekindled a couple of years ago. One thing I didn't know about him through all of those years of being friends was how much he was obsessed with Disney. And I was like, oh, oh wow. my God, this is my, I actually have someone that understands this obsession and why it is so amazing. That's when we had kind of talked of where we wanted our futures to go. And I'm like, I don't want snow. I don't want to have to deal with it ever again. I'm moving to Florida. Are you in? <laughs> and <laughs> pretty much that's how it's gone in the past year. Uh, I was able to come down first, but I have yet to because of COVID and I'm immunocompromised and I had two spinal surgeries this year. So I haven't gone oh. on any coasters, let alone gone to Disney. But now that I'm all healed up and that he's making the trip down, finally, we're probably going to make some trips to Disney and hopefully get our annual pass and make it like a bi-weekly thing. Nice. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. my short story of like Disney uh, yeah. presented itself in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack there. That's great. Thanks for mm -hmm. sharing that. Just that initial is some fun things. They're interesting things there. So thank you for all the introduction and uh, learned a lot about oh, you there. You. So you're a big Disney person, obviously. You've been to Disney many times. Yep. Um, are you also, you mentioned coasters, like you you like coasters as well. You've enjoyed some I bigger do. coasters. I do have like certain coasters I won't go on just because it's more of like the feeling in my body hates them of things right. with like super prolonged drops like right. hair, not my favorite I have gone on it I will go on it again just super long drops not my favorite but majority of the Disney coasters are not that type of intense they're intense that they're fun but right. they aren't like I'm gonna throw up after like if you've ever if you're from New England there's the uh there's a couple of coasters in the J New Jersey Six Flags that are just yes. not even just straight down you actually go like backwards and then yeah. go straight down yeah. and after about like a certain number of 100 feet, my body just goes, nope, I don't like this. You're going to throw up afterwards. You're going to hate life and the rest of your day is ruined. So it's not a fear thing with you. It's just, a, it's an uncomfortability thing. Yep. Physically. It's more of just like that drop in my stomach. Like if I can't like at some point feel like it levels off, it just, because it right. goes from being great to uncomfortable. So I do have like some coasters I love and then others that I'm just like, nope, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to get churro. Everybody else can go hold the bags. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, all of us, the thrill seekers like David and I, you know, I I've had this happen many times at parks. I had this happen a couple of times in the past month or two going to parks locally with friends that the person just wants a break. I'm like, great. You don't have to bother with the lockers. You know, they can just watch our stuff. It's, you know, yeah. we, I always appreciate those people. I don't, you know, really appreciate their, their sacrifice. Okay. So for this, this first question, maybe you want to look at it as starting from when you were 10 years old and up, like starting mm -hmm. your first time at Disney and then eventually on Universal. So what would you say was your first real theme park attraction that you went on? Mm, that's a good one. Do you remember? Or what were, or what's the it's one you remember okay space mountain okay what was that like for you i had a panic attack in line because i was still super young and that was that my very first year that i went and it was my first like major roller coaster and of course my brother who was a typical early 20s jerk of a brother dec right. uh, decided to tell me about his first time going on the roller coaster which i believe was a year before the decapitation happened on oh. uh, space mountain and i guess my brother 
had given my mother a heart attack because he actually got out of his seat and started climbing backwards to try to get to my mother and was super lucky he did not get hurt. And then wow. a year later from someone doing the exact same thing he did, a little kid got decapitated right on there. And that's when they raised all of the lights inside of Space Mountain. Because if you remember, there's a period of time where it wasn't dark at all. You could really see everything going on and he kind of lost that inside space magic. And right. that's why. So they had to raise the lights. I think they finally dimmed it back down. The last time I went a couple of years ago is back to super, super dark. But I also, number one thing I remember from that ride is definitely an ab workout. <laughs> definitely an so, ab workout of a ride. So your brother doing, you know, getting, trying to get out of a seat and all that, was that when you were there with them? No, that's when he was a kid. And that's like okay, way back and, in the day before I was even born. And where was the, do you know where on that ride he did that? No, I think it was from the way that he explained it. I'm assuming because there's a place towards like closer to the end of the ride where you're kind of just spinning down and you're yeah. like, nothing is above your head. I'm pretty sure that's the place that he tried to do it. I remember my mom saying that she was afraid that he was just going to fall over because of the curvature, but thankfully there was nothing above them. And from what I can remember, right. that was probably like the safest place he could have done it out of anywhere and, or and it would have been one of those that? tunnels because he was an idiot. He's just being an idiot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, give me like insight of my brother of just not necessarily best choices. He was a typical boy's boy. He shattered his leg in seven places playing touch football. Oh my. Oh, touch tripping football. and falling. Yep. He got a concussion by deciding to remember those like padded like roller balls when we were kids, but you could climb into it and you could kind of roll around in it. Yeah. He decided yeah. that he was going to then launch himself off of a stage into a concrete floor by sticking and then stuck his head out. Oh my God. Just doing exciting things, but usually in a very poor ju a judgment way. And so, so he just, I think he lived to give my mom a heart attack. Would you say that if there was a show, Jackass Jr., remember the show Jackass and the movies Jackass, oh, yeah. then oh, he yeah. would have been a good for Jackass Jr. as a kid doing those things. Basically. Oh yeah, he had no fear at that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Oh, he had Might no want to have him on the podcast. Maybe he'd be interesting yeah. to hear you too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, by the way, so, you know, of course, we're doing this interview here. Uh, so, you know, sometimes when I'm doing an interview, because I usually do it in front of my computer, I, uh, you know, either I'll think of something and I want to, you know, just do some quick research. So I'm trying to be as accurate as possible or want to figure something out while I'm talking to someone or they mention something to me. And this is what happened here. I had not heard of a decapitation on Space Mountain before. No. And yeah, so I'm looking. And so apparently it, it, this is a the stuff of, uh, of uh, legend. There are some reports that it didn't happen. There's some reports that it did, but there have been injuries. I mean, that ride has been open yeah. now for what, 50, basically almost 50. 50 years is coming up on that a little, little longer mm. than a little less than that because it was opened a few years after Disney World opened Magic Kingdom opened which then they're celebrating their 50th this year so but yeah there have been people been hit by objects on the ride and actually okay did you say that this happened right around the time you first went to Disney World is that right no it happened like the year supposedly according to my family that it happened like a year or two after my okay. family had gone there I wasn't born yet my brother okay. was like between 8 and 12 type of range and so okay because and him okay, and i so have that, a 15 okay. year difference between the two of us okay so, okay so yeah. what i'm showing here I'm just reading I this from wikipedia yeah, yeah i've never looked it up either and i don't yeah. it's just more of something that i've heard through the years yeah. i've heard from like other individuals that have gone but it might just be an urban myth well but. i think it, it's an urban i think it's an urban legend but it's based in some facts so i'm just reading here because this would have lined up time-wise 1998 yeah. a 37 year old man was hit on the head by a falling object 
object. This is on Space Mountain. His left arm yeah. was paralyzed and he suffered from short-term memory loss, losing his job as a result, it says. Two objects were discovered at the bottom floor of Space Mountain, a camera and a candle from Frontierland. So apparently maybe some oh. other guest on the ride had brought a candle in and someone had a camera yeah. and felt, yeah, I mean, these are, you know, we've been dealing we as park guests, park goers, been dealing with ballistic objects, i.e. more recently cell phones, you know, yeah. GoPros and things like that. But oh, back in the day, cameras, you know, for years and there, and, you know, there's, there've been so many reasons, so many changes back when you go to Universal, Ian might've already warned you about this for the major rides there, I mean, some coasters primarily, you have to go through metal detectors for the individual yeah. rides, which is a great system to keep things safe at least. So, but oh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Space Mountain was your first ride and you had a panic attack going on it. And of course, your oh, yeah. brother did not did not really. He definitely helped with the panic attack. It sounds like. But then, what do you think of the ride itself while you're on it and afterwards? Yeah, he pretty much kind of lived to. I was the little brother he never had. So because right. my other two sisters were super girly girls and never put up with his crap because they were also similar age of him. So I he got to raise me and torture me like the little brother he never had. So every ride he would just try to I don't know go to me to the point of freaking out. <laughs> but I was also a super like panicky fearful child. I do have like generalized anxiety, which has gotten much better over the years. And actually my experiences of kind of not getting forced, but delicately pushed and supported by my mom to go on these rides, I think definitely made a big difference in my hmm. adulthood of how I've been able to address things that give me severe anxiety of huh. you got to take a deep breath. Don't overthink it. Usually you have a great time. And so that's okay. kind of how, yeah. Okay. So that, and actually right there, that is the main problem and butter of why we're doing this podcast is, as, as I think I've already explained to you offline, is we really try to look at the idea that theme parks can have efficacy beyond just entertainment where they can help people make their lives better, enrich their lives, and you know, dealing with mental illness and, and just even not to say to stay formal, you know, being diagnosed with depression, all that's certainly part of it, but just even just having anxiety here or there, having a bad day, a stressful day, and it's not to say illness, it's just, you know, life is how, that's how that works. Life has yep. its ups and downs. So, so you've had general anxiety, which is a very common thing. I've yeah. had that as well in my life. And so your mom teaching you kind of how to best approach these rides, especially when you were younger, you've used those same yeah. techniques. My Both my parents are from very old school of how they kind of address those things to their kids. So of course, they're, they could have done things better, but <laughs> they didn't feed into my anxiety. They knew that I wanted to, to go on the ride. They knew I did want to experience it. And I think whether maybe they knew me a better than I knew myself of there in the back of my head, I always knew that if I really panic panicked and I put my foot down, I could escape from the scenario. One Disney on the time wasn't super supportive of that. I did feel in the times that I did have to like bow out, I felt very judged. And especially as a child, I, it was a very humiliating experience, but I think Disney has grown since then. We've, as a country, I think we've come a long way as far as how we address mental health, um, especially yes. when it comes to kids. And so I know that the situation has very much changed since then, but I definitely, it was a little bit of that fear of how I would be perceived and treated because there was a couple of times that like, yeah, I had workers actually be a little bit humiliating to me 
of my choice of, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. I don't know why I I'm rational. My rational brain understands, but that inside lizard brain doesn't. So you, you're saying but, cast members, cast members at Disney. Yeah. This is back in what the late nineties, early two thousands. This is long. Yeah, about uh, this 97, 98. Because that, if that were to happen today, that person would not be oh, working that, at Disney anymore. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that would yeah. not fly at all. But it's also yeah. back then there really was no understanding. There was no, even accepting that your child has anxiety. It's that your child is super nervous and they just need to learn to get over it was kind of the general way that the country really dealt with it, whether it's the school system or a parks or anything. It wasn't like they didn't make a show out of it, but they certainly weren't kind. I thankfully haven't had to bow out of an experience like that in many years. So I haven't personally experienced how that has evolved and changed. But from hearing from other individuals and from my siblings going with their kids, one of them does have severe anxiety like I did. I wasn't there for any of those scenarios, but I know that they felt much more supported. The decision of needing to bow out or giving them that kind of like, okay, just panic and give them kind of like a few seconds to let the one car go ahead and then let them on so that they have kind of that moment to get their brave. And they're just, they're much more accommodating now than they were back then. Because I don't think they also ever planned for those resources. There really wasn't a place that they could have you kind of bow out and exit out on a lot of rides. I think Space Mountain had one. I don't remember their one being on Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain. Those two specifically didn't really, it just wasn't designed into the space. But I'm pretty sure that has very much changed now because they've had to also expand it for Fast Pass and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, it makes make uh, some renovations along those lines, right? So Mm -hmm. what I wanted to try and dig into is you said that your your mom, to a certain degree, was trying to be helpful with helping, Mm -hmm. dealing with your anxiety to help you get on these rides. But you said that those tools that you learned from her that she was using with you, you've been able to adapt in other areas in life where we have anxiety oh, away from theme parks. So can you yep. talk a little bit about that? In my life, because shortly after going to Disney those first couple of times, I ended up getting very, very sick. I was out of school for a year. I had horrific, paralyzing fear of doctors and needles because I had some very bad experiences. And I do have PTSD resulting from it still to this day. Mm. The thing that my mom kept reminding me was of those experiences in Disney of being in these horrific states of fear that something terrible is going to happen. And then being able to kind of force myself to take a deep breath, do some rounding exercises. And the more that I allowed myself to overthink and overthink, the more that I would be afraid. If I kind of just took a deep breath and took the jump, majority of the time, everything ended up not just good, but great. Even so, so much in the hospital and growing up, those situations didn't turn out great, but they ended up being eventually far less traumatic. And so getting Hmm. to grow up and with those illnesses and stuff like that, I finally got to a point in my life where I do not have a paralyzing anxiety attack every time that I have to go to a brand new doctor, or if I'm having surgery, having that moment of paralyzing fear, just as they're bringing you into the operating room and stuff like that. It oddly is extremely close connected, at least for me in those experiences of the first time going to Disney and first time going on a new ride and kind of pushing through that severe fear. Of course, it's not that simple. It is a mental process. You do need to walk yourself through, but I do think presenting that to other individuals, especially 
children that are super aware of themselves, because a lot of the times those of us that have severe anxiety, we are very hyper aware of our bodies and our own thought processes. And that's kind of sometimes of it makes things a little bit worse. Putting it into that perspective of each step of things of, okay, you were super anxious right before you got on the ride. You're a little, uh, when did you notice that anxiety start to subside. And for me, it was usually within 30 seconds of being on the ride because now right. the, the scariest is over. Uh, right. The scariest part is just getting on. Right. For, yep. for again, we've interviewed a, a lot of people, you know, about these types of topics here in this podcast and the things we hear, it's either just getting on the ride to the point where they be brave. So they sit down, restraints are put in place and then, okay, well, they're committed now. Now, now the worst of it's over. Or yep. for some, the worst is, you know, for a coaster, for example, a conventional coaster the is drop. the lift hill, the lift hill mm -hmm. and then waiting for the drop. Yeah. So yep. it's one of those types of things. So that makes sense what you said. And yeah, so that's, that's interesting because, you know, with theme parks, it is extremely rare. Here I was just researching accidents mm -hmm. on theme park rides. They do happen. Yeah. Usually they occur be one of two reasons. One, because of an outgoing or an ongoing, I should say, medical illness. condition and yeah. illness. And that's why they have all those warnings about watch out for this, this, and this. And then the other is, you know, with people people that are flat out stupid, you know, kind of like your brother, you know, where they're yep. purposely, they're doing things to, you know, get out of the restraints. I mean, there, there's one yep. thing, quite frankly, in all seriousness that we all as coaster enthusiasts, I, I try to speak to my audience or to our audience here as much as possible, yep. you know, right. largely it's, no, that's okay. It's, it's coaster. No, this is, you'll like this. Again, it's a lot of coaster enthusiasts and mm -hmm. there's some people that are going to be raising their hand like, yeah, that's me when they're hearing this. So with coaster enthusiasts, one of the things that we cherish is airtime. And so, you know, that airtime is when you pop out of your seat is one example mm -hmm. of the common example of airtime. Well, to that end, there's what uh, coaster enthusiasts we call it the two click ride. And that is where we pull the restraint down just two clicks for those ratcheting restraints, the lap bar, the overhead, over the shoulder restraints, and just two clicks. Because two clicks is generally the minimum for a park for it to be safe. Otherwise, if it's only one click, they, they'll, they need it to go down more. And someone that is of larger proportions, sometimes they only can get one click and then they can't ride. But two clicks is usually the minimum. You know, the person may be very thin. They're not of large proportions where, you know, five or six clicks or eight clicks, or whatever it may be, is really what would be them being in snugly. They want to have as much room between them and that lap bar or that whatever that restraint is so that they can pop out of their seat more. Oh, um, see, I was the opposite. Like I would hold it as close right. to me as possible. Right. Well, again, coaster yep. enthusiasts, we can be a oh, interesting yeah. breed of people. And I, I you know, and I, I definitely try to have some loose restraints and stuff, but I have, I have some friends, again, you know who you are, you're listening, that are like obsessed with this where like, you know, again, they want the most room possible. Feel the G-force. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it's more thrilling that way. You gotta be careful because adults, it's generally not an issue, but certainly for younger people or, or shorter people, there could be situations where if the restraint's only that two clicks and and things are just the right combination that restraint oh, may not out. keep that person yeah where they're supposed to be or they at least may come out enough where they could hit their head on a you know an overhead beam there's a lot of rides they have kind of you know some close head choppers as they call them you know so you got to be careful so you know and again everyone listening i'm all about having a great time on coasters <laughs> but just be careful how much you push things so besides all that when you use the restraints possibly properly and safely and keep everything inside the cars and you're you know you're in good health relatively speaking you're following the rules you know it's very very rare for an accident to occur it's oh, it's you know even yeah, I mean, it's just, it's safer than air, flying airplanes and things like that. So theme parks are a safe place for you to 
kind of flex your anxiety control and your coping mechanisms yep. because you can be nervous about that. It's one of those That's examples scary. of anxiety and nervousness where it's not really founded 99.999%, you know, because again, it's so safe. And that helps you to prepare you for situations like you, the tools you were talking about, where there could be some real world situations where you have anxiety that is founded, where there's more danger, there could be something that goes wrong. I'm not saying it's always going to go that way. It, we, it doesn't help us, even if something is going to go in a bad way, it doesn't help us if it's beyond our control to worry about it for minutes, hours, days, months, whatever beforehand. The best thing to do the is longer to you worry, the, the worse it gets. Yeah. And it, it can literally, it can affect you physically. It can put you into a panic attack, you know, severe anxiety state, a depression, anxiety, ping pong, where you're not in the moment whatsoever. Adrenal fatigue is a real thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it can be tiring. It can cause you not to be able to sleep and more tired. It's all these things, lots and lots of dangerous things. My, myself, I use theme parks as many people do as therapy not awesome. anything. I love yeah, that. Not, oh yeah. It's a very, it's become more and more common. It's, you know, there's been documentation about it. We really try to push it on this podcast. And when I say therapy, I'm not saying, oh, being in a depressed state, that can certainly be the case. Yeah. I'm just talking about having a bad day or a rough week or a busy week. And you want to have, get a, you know, you know, get some steam off, go into a theme park, get some adrenaline going and doing that fear training, fighting fear training stuff we talked about on this podcast. You know, it's all great. And, and you're really helping yourself and you're having a great time. And so that, that's theme park therapy. It, therapy doesn't necessarily mean you're not having fun. You know, the, the therapy can be fun. It can be enjoyable. And so, you know, being at theme parks and training your psyche, your, your mind to deal with stuff and to take a load off, you're helping. It's just like going to the gym. I've talked about this on the show before. You're you're training your mind to deal with situations that can be scary. And you're showing your mind, hey, okay, you're scared about this lift hill, scared about this drop, scared about this launch. But hey, you had fun afterwards. It's like, not only does it not say go badly, it can go really great. Like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. use that word yourself. There's For something myself, liberating recently, about facing that anxiety face on and still pushing through it and coming out the other end and you have the adrenaline and everything else and it's almost you for me it was like this feel of calm right. and calm that as someone that has anxiety very often you don't get to feel super often and so right. that's I very much agree with that right yeah calm is, is is the opposite of and it's very much something we seek out so the mission that David Iva and myself are on with this podcast we're just getting started but our mission is really what I just described it's about really kind of talking about and talking about different skills and different experiences people have where they fight anxiety, fight fear, fight depression, even fight physical ailments. For example, David, he's talked about in the show, he has Tourette's. Mm-hmm. He has a similar experience to you, like you experienced at Disney with some of those cast members early on, where his teachers, when he was in school, when he was younger, they would make fun of his Tourette's, his tics that he has. And because yes. again, people didn't understand this back in the 80s, it was you know, relatively no, not, not well understood disease. And th- thankfully, we like- control so right. much more than we ever could. And it's ridiculous, especially for a right. child to- Expect them to cognitively also understand what is happening with them is ridiculous. Yep. It's and thankfully we've become a lot more understanding as a as a species as a whole and through medicine mm-hmm. and science and, and so forth. And, and so David, you know, things have gotten better for for tolerance and understanding for for that illness. But for David also for him personally discovered that uh, riding coasters and the adrenaline and all that associated actually helps keep his Tourette's at bay. And that's an example of a physical illness 
uh, people with autism, with Asperger's, anywhere on the spectrum in between, they, they gravitate to theme parks. And I, I have several friends that are on the spectrum that are big theme park goers. And the, going to the theme parks, being in those safe environments, those controlled environments, as well as, you know, going on the rides, it helps mm-hmm. keep their symptoms and their, their have a more normal life for them. Because those are, you know, those disorders can be very limiting otherwise. And then there's even, even beyond medical disorders, the inclusivity of parks, especially Disney, but Universal as well, with people of, uh, you know, whether it be gay, or lesbian, anywhere, you know, a LGBT, a transgender, anyone that is not, I don't use the word normal, it's not the right word to use, but it's not the, what is considered to be standard. And that's not yeah, a straight person. Heteronormative, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heteronormativity and all that. Going to theme parks, the theme parks, especially Disney, are very accepting of everyone. And so that's wonderful too. So it's, there's a lot of positivity associated mm-hmm. with theme parks and and with and with these experiences we have so that it's just I really there's no negatives in my opinion oh, okay. there are well there is one negative there are people like anything in life that are addicted to theme park you know again speaking to our listeners uh, you know again we talk all about coasters and theme parks on the show but it's okay to have other interests and we have talked before we talk a lot about travel on this show because travel and theme parks go together go to other parts besides your home ones. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's healthier in life to have multiple interests, not just one. So, but any, anyway, so oh, there's, there's good discussion there's some, there. <laughs> yeah, there's some individuals, especially because I've got uh, pretty severe ADHD. I've got a lot of friends that do have autism of, if you've ever experienced a hyper-focus, those of us with ADHD, usually ours can kind of bounce around, but it's quite common with other neurodivergence to have a singular hyper-focus. Some of us do it with food. Some of us do it with topics. And that's where it essentially becomes like a safety blanket. And so there are some individuals that will pick kind of stick with something of just Disney and that kind of becomes their safe world. And that's why they cling on to it. And yes, of course, it's always healthy to step otherwise, but I've seen a lot of other people. It's it's kind of helped them be able to step out of themselves into their own personal lives because they feel so comfortable in a place like that. Right. But I did have a Point for you, it brought up pride with Disney. The very first yes. time my parents, who were very old school, but they weren't, I wouldn't say they were homophobic. I think they were just uneducated and they've come very, very far. But the first time they really ever had experience with a more than one individual that was homosexual or otherwise right. was pride. We ended up being there for the two weeks of pride at Disney. And it was actually because of that week, I was able to come out to my parents as bisexual. I've now come out as pansexual, but it was the first time that I was able to have that conversation with my parents. And it's, it's ridiculous. If I remember my dad, who he's just not so much close-minded of, he's just got blinders on. He doesn't care what you do or anything like that. He just doesn't understand it. And I remember just sitting down at dinner with him and he's like, you know what? I was going around Epcot and there's all these families and everybody's happy. And they were so well behaved dad what what, what did you expect I'm like they're not uh crazy deviants and he's like I guess that's what I was told by people that's what I should have expected I wasn't expecting (laughs) it to be so normal and by the end of that trip because we actually there for the full two weeks I was actually able to feel comfortable enough I came out to my parents because I actually dated women far before I dated men and okay it finally started a healthy conversation between my parents and I that I didn't think I was ever going to have. And I got to see my parents be very human as well in their growth. And like one of my nep- uh, nephews now is trans, 
fans and my parents are the most accept, not just accepting, but they've become champions for those of us in their family that are non-heteronormative and things like that. And then my brother came out a few years after I did as bisexual. I really do think that Disney actually, now that I look back on it, played a huge part in that, which I didn't quite realize until you brought it up and kind of remembered that experience because it's been wow yeah that's amazing I think that was my senior year of high school I was just gonna ask you how old you were so about 17 18 yeah wow 17 because I graduated at 16 I skipped my junior year so it's either that final year or it's my freshman year of college because those two kind of memory-wise blend into themselves for me but I think it was that summer that was in between so teenager young adult wow I mean I mean no matter finding my voice as an adult with them yeah that is amazing that is incredible and I love that you know as a it was a positive kind of stereotyping stereotype beating experience for your parents to see people enjoying themselves and carrying themselves as responsible people. And they, they had respect for these other people they were seeing that they just happened to not be heteronormative. So there are some aspects, I think, for the community, the gay community, where we could do a better job as a community. I don't want to say me personally, because I don't participate in certain things that I think cause these problems, where they're, where they, they're not stereotyped, defeating their stereotype supporting activities. They kind of kind of further and push along that stereotype and that causes where it causes issues where people would not be as accepting as they otherwise would be i think that's all i'll say there because i don't want to get too off the rails but but anyways but but yeah no regardless i think it's huge coming out with yeah that's they didn't just start their own pride they start because i believe before they had like a actual pride festival at disney they started off with pride families Hmm. and so they invited families that either had a child that was part of the lgbtq or the parents were, and specifically parents that were LGBTQ. And it was a program that they came for one of two weeks. And then I believe they also went on a cruise. And it was part of, a, I think it was the, like one of the first couple of years that Disney did this. And they focused on that. It's not just this, there's families that are involved in making these kids also feel at the time normal because it wasn't as well accepted back then as it is now it was a different environment and disney kind of created that first environment for these children who didn't necessarily know other children that had parents of the lgbtq community and they really got to kind of find a new support system and really get to be the actual normal ones in that environment instead of the lone wolf or the, the, the one individual that was different. I know, especially for um, in Orlando and Florida and for other pride festivals, I know that made a big difference, at least amongst the family scene of, things, right. of getting some who just didn't understand LGBTQ families are healthy and they are supportive and they are just because you don't understand them doesn't necessarily make them bad. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one perfect example of that, very positive imagery, more recent, and probably you're probably familiar with this, is Neil Patrick Harris. He he is a huge Disney fan. He's worked with the Disney company, being an actor, of course. He's actually done voice work for them. He, yep. for Every years, Christmas, he was the family sets up like dresses up as like a Disney family or like different characters all together. It's, I look forward to it every year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's, any costume yeah, I ever that, had to shame. Yeah. No, that's one of the things I was going to mention, but before that, yeah. So he, long before what you're, what you're talking about, which I'll get to in a moment, he was the voice of that was announcing in the, in the boarding station for uh, soaring over, I'm sorry, excuse me, California screaming the coaster at Disney's California adventure. It was kind of like a boardwalk walker. Cause it's, it's a, it's like an old time boardwalk theming there. If you've been to California, 
California Adventure there, yep. Pacific Pacific Pier and so forth, or Paradise Pier, I should say, getting all these names wrong mm-hmm. today. So he'd be like, hurry, 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 you know, get on the coaster, hurry, you know, fast. Um, that went yep. away, unfortunately, with the Incredicoaster overlay that they did a few years ago. But but anyways, but yeah, more recently, as you were alluding to, he's very famous as one of the uh, hosts every year of the Candlelight Processional, which is, I don't know if you've ever had a chance, have you had a chance to do that, by the way, May? No, I haven't. Okay, you know, like, you know, I'm assuming you like celebrating the holidays and the yep. spirit and all that. Yeah, you and, and Ian loves music, of course, as well. You, mm-hmm. you and Ian definitely need to do that. So I'm sh- they didn't do it last year because of COVID. I'm guessing they'll do it this year yep. in November, December. It's, it's well worth doing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But yeah, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, he would come with his husband, David, and their kids, and they'd all be dressed up, and Neil would do the narration. And again, they're just a typical family that t- happens to have two dads rather than a mom and a dad. And that's fine. Yep. Yeah, I know a lot of families like that. So yeah, but I love, thank you for sharing that story. And I love that being here talking to us today helped you remember that, that positive experience no, about you Disney. For that. I very much Oh, my pleasure. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's keep, keep talking here. Who knows what else we're going to discover today. So, I live in tangents. So just bring me back oh, to me too. whatever it is we're focusing me too. on. <laughs> so I'm going to skip through some of the questions because you actually kind of covered them talking about fear and how a ride was, you know, when you actually conquered that fear and how that's helped you in other parts of your life. You know, we talked about how you've been able to fight anxiety and much more serious areas like dealing with medical issues, doctors and so forth and, and whatnot. And that's all awesome. That's great. I love it. One question we do like to ask our guests, maybe you have other examples already on top of what you have, is have theme parks had any significant impact on you in other ways? Is there anything else you'd like to share there? Yeah, Disney has definitely made a huge impact on who I am. After getting sick, it took me many, many years to get a diagnosis of the rare genetic condition that apparently is of a certain ethnicity that I don't look. So it took like 15 years to get. And I would oh, get, wow. it feels like I have appendicitis when I don't. And mm. it could hit, especially after a long day of walking around and stuff like that. Of Disney was probably the first time that I felt extreme kindness from others where walking through Epcot, essentially getting hit with an episode and being doubled over and trying not to cry because I don't like crying in public. I don't like showing that weakness because in if you're out at a mall or something like that, usually you get those weird judgmental looks of, oh, you right. see that weird girl over there, blah, 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 blah. She's probably throwing a tantrum or something. And being approached by a cast member and saying, is everything all right? Is there something I can do? Mm. In a very calm and practiced way that was unassuming, was 100% supportive, getting me a wheelchair and being able to go to a rest spot and just kind of have a couple of extra moments and feeling actually recognized. It was the first time of being recognized that I was sick in a positive way that wasn't judgmental. It was, how can we help you? How can we still allow you to enjoy the Disney magic, even though you had this little hurdle to overcome? And especially being super young and with getting sick, I, cause not going to school for a year, even just getting literally negative support from teachers and other individuals in my life, kind of having just someone so kindly reach out and inquire if I was okay and how they could make my day essentially in Disney speak of more magical. So that was probably what really solidified Disney as a safe zone. And from a very young age, Disney has always made a huge 
commitment to supporting the magic, supporting the people. And every time that a different group speaks out of asking for visibility, they have making acquiescence for, that's probably the word we're going with, uh, for individuals who have sensory issues. The individuals that walk around with headphones and stuff like that. And there was a period of time where that was still super new in the environment, but very quickly, Disney caught on to those things. And Disney make special effort to go above and beyond for especially those kids or even adults of special needs and stuff like that to make them feel included, to make them feel special. I had, uh, actually it was about a year before I met my ex-husband in Disney. Two years I met my, my parents called my Florida boyfriend because we ended up happening to go every single year for like eight years in a row and we were thick as thieves. He was from (laughs) Florida. His name is Wayne. Absolutely adore him. His older brother, Scotty, has uh, Down syndrome, very high functioning, very much aware, has very much opinions on where he wants to go, where he wants to eat. That was probably even more special of, because he's the one that gets the attention going around and seeing the cast members pulling them into the story and putting them in the spotlight. It's less about normal individuals and putting them into special opportunities and seeing the magic that happens there of someone that might not necessarily experience it in other ways. And this is back in early 2000s where it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. And that probably might shock some of younger listeners and stuff, but that was what really molded my outlook on life and how I want to treat others on what I expect from others, not even necessarily for myself, but for watching other individuals on how they are treated that everybody deserves to have certain basic human rights and they deserve to be recognized just as an individual and being having this opportunity to be as typical, and that's probably not the best word either, but (laughs) to have that same kind of experience that many of us who don't necessarily have certain disabilities or hindrances don't have to experience in our everyday lives. And there they get to come even more alive and have this awesome quintessential experience. And so that definitely has made a huge impact on who I am as a person and the things that I want to exude and how I want to be a cheerleader for others instead of a detractor or a negative person. As much as Disney, usually it always airs on the side of caution and on the conservative side of things. As far as conservative side of things, they've been extremely progressive on accepting people for who they are and just accepting that you can be who you are, even though others don't necessarily understand it or get it. Right. Again, that inclusion, acceptance, and yeah. And and where, and I agree with that in person with personally with some things I've dealt with in my life and kind of who I am, I have experienced a surprising amount of lack of tolerance in from people in communities where they're all about tolerance. It's about, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stay there. <laughs> However, yeah, nope, I on get the positive you. side, cast members with team members at Universal, most of the people that I know, fellow coaster enthusiasts, park fans like yourself, I have encountered incredible inclusivity and uh, I, I, tolerance. I, it's used a lot. And it's, it has this negative connotation like I tolerate you, but we're using it in a different connotation here where, you know, we, you know, it's a, it, we tolerance is about accepting different beliefs and, than our own and, and being respectful. Also talking about a opinions. time that yeah. tolerance wasn't necessarily normal back right. when we were children or when during the times we were coming into our own of as much as I think in my age range of when I was in high school, it was a bit safer to come out as LGBTQ, but it wasn't long after Shepard had been right. murdered and things like 
like that. We've come a long way. So it, the way that we describe back then with tolerance and things like that, as much as those words aren't great now, it does describe the time that it was. Right. And, and certainly yeah. what do we mean by tolerance both now and mm-hmm. even then? It, it's certainly a good thing. And again, it's being that risk, being respectful of other people that have other yep. situations, medical situations, they different different races, different genders, different you know sexual preferences, political beliefs, whatever they may be. And yep. again, you know, at, at the parks and the majority of people and friends that I've met through the parks and because of this hobby have been very tolerant people and very accepting people tremendously. Again, the vast majority, which is wonderful. Uh, and again, also the team members at Universal, the cast members at Disney. Like when you go back to Universal, because you've not been there in what, 20 years now, you for a long time now. I've been seeing this universal where there are, they're like cast members at Disney, even sometimes better than some experiences have at Disney with cast members with the level of engagement and friendliness and just doing special things for you. I know Disney, you can have that at Disney. I've had that happen at Disney myself, but you'll find, I think you'll find at Disney Universal, yeah. the, the differences between them now, you know, now you're going to be going back with Ian coming here and everything. Universal is kind of like find... the teenage version of the magic. Whereas yes. yes. Disney is just a little bit, it's just a little of an age range. It's a little edgier. Just yep. be a little yep. bit more adult. Yep. Subliminal that... jokes that only the adults get. <laughs> yeah. But, but the magic, I mean, the magic does definitely exist at Universal both literally, Harry Potter and figuratively. But, um, you know, as far as what you're talking about with the, the person with Down syndrome at Disney, even early on, I do want to do a shout out here as I like to do in the show periodically. Again, we are the Coaster Challenge podcast. Like some of the best people you're talking about, we try to be inclusive of various people. And we don't, you know, one thing that happens may a lot in the coaster community, the theme park community, is there's a lot of competition between different YouTube channels and different bloggers and vloggers because they all want the most number of views and the ratings and getting more money. And we're, we're at 5013C. We don't, we're not in it for ourselves. Any, any money we bring in from selling our merch and things like that, it goes to charity. We, we are not competition. We, we've had other this channels on here. Yeah. It's just a passion project. We're trying to help the world. Okay. So let's, let's talk some more. Let's have some, let's get into some kind of lighthearted fun stuff here. So we've done a, little, a lot yeah. of really good, great, heavy, kind of conversation, which is important and great, but let's talk about some fun stuff too. So maybe, maybe you already answered this question with what you talked to uh, about with your brother on Space Mountain, but um, Uh because that's pretty crazy. Um, The question we normally ask here is what has been your craziest moment on an attraction ever at a theme park or at at an amusement park? Thankfully, most of the time that I've been on a ride, nothing like crazy has happened because that probably would have scared the bejesus out of me. I've got some Disney crazy stories that like I know about in my family and stuff, but probably not a super appropriate kind of <laughs> okay, story. Got it. Um, we do try to keep things PG here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was actually, so it's not necessarily Disney. It was Pleasure Island. That's fine. Um, it yeah. was at the Adventurers Club. I am still heartbroken over the Adventurers Club being closed. Um, yeah. I'm still yeah. part of like the Adventurers Club, a uh, little fan group that is on Facebook, but my right. father who is super Super reserved, super quiet, does not like being center of attention. We went to the Adventurers Club and that night he got picked to go up on stage and dance around with the plastic cow. Interesting. So my father, who does not like being center of attention, does not right. like public speaking. My father, at least to me and to his other kids, isn't well known for his sense of humor. He wasn't a jokester. He was rather like super serious, even keeled. I can't right. remember very few times I remember my father like making jokes or kind of being that kind of life of the party. 
And so right. getting to see my father in a new light, that's probably the funniest story I have. It's probably only funny if you were there because it was ridiculous no, okay. as possible. <laughs> I miss that place so much though. Yeah, unfortunately I don't have too many crazy questions on the actual rides themselves because I think that would probably scare the bejesus out of me. Of I like that they were <laughs> typical. If that makes sense. Right, right, of course. And so your father, he was the, he was the police detective, right? Yes. For 30 plus years. Okay, so yep. he really, that kind of get him to come out of his shell, which is unusual for him, right? Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, he's this life of the party. He's joking awesome. around. And I think, because I've never seen my father drunk in my life, but I think that night he was actually let himself get tipsy and was super enjoying himself. So it was definitely like a night to remember, at least for us kids, of seeing our dad oh, yeah. as an actual human being instead of just this ultra serious parental right, figure. Right. No, absolutely. I can definitely picture yeah. why that would be very much so to me it stands out and it'd be important for sure. You know, obviously you've been on a lot of attractions over the years, different parks. What would you say of all time, of all the ones you've been on, what is your favorite attraction of all time? Spaceship Earth, hands down. It's the first thing. As soon as I get into Epcot, that has to be the first thing that I do. If I have time by the time that I leave and I haven't played around the world, I do it again before I leave. Interesting. That's That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I love Spaceship Earth. I love history. I love science. So I love that sort of tour through the through communications as it's kind of currently how it's themed. Of course, they're changing it eventually, which I'm I'm, I'm open to. I to think, me, that's I think like quintessential Disney. Yeah, it's quintessential that's Disney. My, it's a great dark ride. Yeah, yeah. that's also um, my absolute favorite. If I had to choose like one park to go to, because like going after year after year, it starts to get a little stale. Things haven't changed in a while. But I would always go to Epcot. Always. Okay. No, Epcot's a great park. It's it's very unique. It's it's in a um, transition right now. As you probably know, it's a little bit of identity crisis, but it will it will find its way again. I, I'm yep. confident in that. It's just been delayed a little bit because of the pandemic. So what about, what would you say is your least favorite attraction? It's a small world. <laughs> okay. Not I'll, not I'll because ask. of like what the ride is. It's because of the song. Like I can't even right. go near right. it because it's right. one of those songs that sticks in my head forever. And I literally cannot get it out of my head for a month. I get it. I enjoy I the it. ride itself, but I'd go in with earplugs. Right. It's, yep. inf it's infectious to a fault. Have you experienced It's a Small World Holiday? No. So that's a Christmas. It's basically like a mashup of the It's a Small World song with the Christmas songs. It's been a while since I've experienced it, but it, I think it's better. I think it's more tolerable because you've got some holiday music going on. They've got different mm -hmm. theming as well. It's it's worth doing if you have a chance. So going back to the question of you know what you're looking forward to. So the first thing you said is talking about just the lands. And of course, everything, probably the food, the theming of, say, the Wizarding World, the two Wizarding world lands that universal has yep. and then also galaxy's edge and then experiencing the rides as well right yep and okay overall the one thing i haven't been able to experience in disney that is huge and a lot of people always go for is the food and wine festival oh yeah epcot that's great yep. Yep. yep i've yeah, all, been dying the, to go yeah all the festivals i got news for you so all the festivals at epcot are great i've done them done several of them but you know what yep uh, because of the competition sea world and bush gardens they do food festivals mm -hmm. and, and also universal's been doing them too more and more universal is actually getting to the point where they're doing them year round now like they do at epcot really and the ones at okay. sea world they're pretty darn good the foods and drink the food and drinks but i recently started checking out the new festival at universal which is at both universal studios florida as well as volcano bay and it's a mm -hmm. summer food festival and it's it's small it's not like as big as what epcot's is to wrap things up here this has been a 
excellent conversation. You know, learned a lot. I think, you know, some, some new things for our listeners to help them with their own challenges in life. You know, I love how you, you were able to even gain more appreciation, remembering back to some things Disney helped you with coming out and all that. That's amazing. You've said so much, you've shared so much, but you know, one question we like to ask right here at the end is, what advice can you give those that are listening? Any, anything you want to kind of, a couple pieces of gems of, of, of advice? I would say is find your own happy place within Universal and Disney. I know, especially when you grow as a group, it's so easy to just go along with someone who's has been there before and their favorite. I know when I first started going, I had a lot of pressure to like the same exact things that my siblings did. A lot of the things that I like are a little bit more nuanced. I enjoy the environment of where the ride is. And as much as like, I like Big Thunder Mountain, my biggest disappointment is there's not much around it else that I can immerse myself in. And it kind of feels right. like I'm in that space besides when you're standing in this ridiculously hot long line. And so when you kind of find your happy place and you'll end up probably doing your own research and don't be afraid to do that hyper focus and go down that rabbit hole and find all the secrets. Cause in most places there are hidden Mickey's there's hidden venues and other things that you can explore within even a small area of get your geek on immerse yourself in it and find what is your specific happy place that brings you back to feeling like a kid and don't be afraid to pretty much act like one in those places. Absolutely. So that's what my, my advice would be of someone like brand new going. That's uh, great advice. The last question we asked normally, I'm not sure how much this applies to you because I know you're not, you know, like a big blogger with theme parks and stuff, but we normally ask people, you know, where can listeners that have listened to the interview and want to learn more about you or follow you, where can they find you and your website, podcast, YouTube channel, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Is there any way, anything you want to share there? Um, well, most of the time, the only like presence I have is with Ian's podcast. I do try to post on uh, their Facebook page quite often. And really, that's really the only place I've been quite visible. I work in instructional design. So majority of the places that I work through and have my information stuff is usually quite boring for most people. I, I talk about adult education of how to teach adults to be adults, to manage adults like children. And that's probably like- I see. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much I do have some presence on Ian's Facebook, uh, the- uh, Theme Park Stop. Park Stop, Theme Stop. Yep. Theme Park and, Stop, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. So you will find me there. I am sometimes because I've been down here, I haven't been so much in the background of him when he's doing his podcast and acting a fool. I had a heart attack the last time that he like just was giggling to his heart's content and fell off his chair, gave me a heart attack. So you'll sometimes hear me in the background and stuff like that of what is going on. But yes, the only real place that you'll find me is probably in the park stop. Um, I do comment on there as much as I can. And usually it's also to try to poke some fun at our boy. Yeah. He and wonderful yeah I'm, I'm dying here because he was recently talking about it. he's like i think he said to me something it was a couple of weeks ago because we had to reschedule this interview from the original time we had it because yep. my internet went out but i think he said something about i hope may doesn't mention the time where i fell out of my chair laughing so <laughs> i think that was something like what he said he mentioned something oh, yeah. about it oops i oops, oops. so david we're, we're keeping this in <laughs> uh that's just for ian Hi, Ian. Uh, yep. Well, thank you so much, May. This is an thank awesome talking to you. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Megan. Um, your story about how you grew up 
riding rides at Disneyland and doing all these family adventures, essentially, are awesome. I mean, I love the stories. I can't believe your brother did what he did when he was little. Again, please. I mean, even if you have little kids with you, please make sure that they're safe. That is the biggest thing. I, I can't get over how people can wiggle their way out of a lap bar. Well, I mean, I can, I can understand kids because they're way smaller. Yeah. I mean, my Mike has his grandson and Charlie is tiny compared for a six-year-old. So I could see him wiggling his way out of something like that. But oh, it's just that common sense of keep your kids safe, keep yourself safe. Yeah. I mean, I can't stress that enough. Oh, I know. Yes, this was a really heartfelt, very uh, awesome interview. And I will say, a lot of the guests we've had on this podcast, we've had quite of amazing guests. Yes, we have. Some very amazing stories in a podcast now for multiple months. And it's just been amazing. And I just want to take the opportunity, not just thank all of our guests, but to thank all of you, the listeners, for your love and support. We deeply appreciate it. We We work very hard to really bring you guys a good entertainment, but as well as educational lessons of trying to help people make a difference in their lives just by sharing stories, trying to help conquer their fears and conquer the the demons that they've got inside them anything we can do to try to make a difference in their lives and i just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart the outpour of the views we've been getting and and the listeners and the downloads i've been seeing it's been amazing i'm just very proud and i want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart um we definitely would love to hear your feedback but jenna you guys have them you know what david i want to thank you for starting this Pod, uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel for Coaster Challenge because it's something that a lot of people don't like really see. I mean, a lot of the podcasts and YouTube get people show videos and but they don't go in deeper. And I really appreciate that you do and that you take that time. It's a lo- not a lot of people want to do it, but I'm somebody out there who's been through it, who has who has experienced pain, has experienced depression, has experienced anxieties and stress. And my Tourette's is a testament of everything I've gone through. And, you know, roller coasters have changed my life to where I want people to be where I'm at right now. To the point that I actually jumped off the stratosphere this year in Las Vegas. That's a testament. That's something, the most extreme thing I've ever done in my life. And it's made me a much even stronger, more confident person ever. And I want people out there to be where I'm at right now. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to help anybody out there who is listening right now. I We are here for you. We want to help you. And I hope that all the guests that have been on, that have shared their stories, I really hope that it makes a difference and it, it educates people about what people are going through in this world and what's going on in our country right now. We are in a time where we're in real divide. I haven't seen anything like this since 9-11. Really, like 9-11 really united this country. And I will tell you, I'm not seeing it right now. And this podcast is on a mission to help change that because there's a lot of fear out there and we got to do something about it and i am challenging everybody who is listening today on this podcast it is time to step up it's time to rise up put your right foot forward and it's time to start demonstrating and showing people out there that you are fearless and that you're not going to be afraid and you're not going to live your life in fear and you're not going to buy any of the bs that's going on out there no matter what side of the political sale uh, side you're on 
It, are, it's time it, for everybody to put on their big boy or big girl pants and suck it up and start showing that our country can be united. And we are. And just by some of the things we have shown in the past episodes, from YouTube highlight clip of the weeks to guests coming on, we have a variety of all different kinds of people that have been on this podcast. And you know what? It's showing right there that people do care. But it's just we need to get our voices out there. And this is the best way to do it. And I'm going to keep doing this. So no matter what the criticism is, I am, my voice will not be silent. No one's voice on this podcast is going to be silent. We are going to keep moving forward. We're working hard here and we're going to do whatever it takes to help people. I one person at a time, but I am, we are on this movement. I encourage all of you to join this movement. It is time to end fear and we are doing it. And you know what? I'm very proud of it. And we're going to keep going. We're moving forward. The momentum has been strong this year. I'm very proud of our team. I want to thank our entire Coaster Challenge team. And uh, yes, and I want to thank all our listeners because it's because of you guys. You guys are listening and you guys are supporting us. You guys are giving us the momentum. You guys are giving us the encouragement. And you guys are just motivating us every day to keep going. And, and we're going to keep us going. The love yeah, we're going to keep going. Us. And uh, so I want to thank all you guys. And if you guys have feedback, suggestions, Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. Well, guys, this concludes the first half of season one of the Coaster Challenge podcast. Uh, The entire team will be taking a month off this November to uh, basically take a holiday break. And we will be coming back in December with new episodes every Friday. So I hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween a wonderful thanksgiving and we'll see you around christmas time right here on the coaster challenge podcast